Uh, hey, Rebecca, would you, where's, Rebecca, would you stand up, please? Now, now, Rebecca went with us to Mexico seven years, she said seven years ago, but I thought it was 15, but she's not, she's not, I mean, you know how you get older, think, anyway, that's on me, but, uh, and if your parents could stand up as well, and uh, Pam, if you would stand up, this is, this is Pam's granddaughter, and she is on her way to Djibouti, Africa, um, and, uh, she is um, she's serving with the United States Navy, and so uh, you know we just you know we just want to uh, you know she's visit, you know she's family, and we just want to just say a prayer over her. So uh, 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 can we just do that real quick? Could y'all stand real quick? You know, if you would um, just um, join me as we pray for her, and uh, you know when a when a when a child goes to serve, her family goes in one sense as well. And so, yeah, God, thank you for. Uh, this young one who uh, has um, always been called to the nations and has always had a heart uh, for culture and people. And, and I don't think seven years ago she would have ever dreamed that she would be going to Africa uh, to serve in the Navy. But God, we ask, oh God, your hedge of protection about her. We ask, God, that you would, uh, we know that the world is a dangerous place and so God um, um, we we thank you for the call that you placed on her life and that even as she goes to this place God that there be opportunity for her to be a light of the glorious light of Jesus and so be with her family oh God and strengthen her and fill her with your spirit and we ask it in Jesus name everyone said amen all right <laughs> seven years ago no way no way. All right. Um, I also want to let you know, I don't think it's in your bulletin, but the rescue mission, typically uh, we do this once a month. That's coming up this Friday. And um, uh, Jim and Heather are not in town. And so we weren't sure if it was going to happen. But uh, uh, Martin and Yvonne Beltran, who are also youth leaders, uh, have taken on the challenge. So we will be at the rescue mission this Friday at 5 o'clock. And so if you have some things that you would like to bring, clothes, men's clothes in particular, just be there, okay? Five o'clock Friday uh, at the Las Vegas Rescue Mission. It's an opportunity for you to serve those that are in need. And so they've taken on that charge to do that. And we're like, oh, hey, great, roll with it. So I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that. Also, lastly, um, Pastor Jonathan is not here with us this morning. He's a part of a panel discussion at Valley Bible Fellowship and uh, on uh, family matters and family relationships. And so I wanted you to, to know about that. Uh, and um, we're looking forward to the great report, how God uses him over there. But also to tell you that they'll be speaking, uh, uh, this panel will be speaking tonight at 5 o'clock as well. And so uh, yeah, if you want to go and uh, hang out, and I thought it'd be really cool if, we, uh, if a bunch of us were in the back or in the front or whatever, and when they mention his name, we just, just go crazy and like, you know, blow air horns and say, ah, the man, there is, oh, you know, I, you know like, like, like high school graduation or something, you know, wouldn't that be fun? Really fun. So if you can make it, I understand school starts tomorrow. Hey, school starts tomorrow. Okay, parents are clapping and kids are like groaning and so anyway I wanted to uh, uh, mention that to you as well all right all right so uh, we're continuing on in our series on um, 
So you don't have the VBS video? You do have it? I see an arrow at the bottom of the screen. You don't? No? Vacation Bible School? I'm getting the international sign of no. All right. Um, <clears throat> we're continuing our series on, on prayer. And it's, been, it's an eight-week series. And I hope that you are taking the things that we're discussing and that you're not uh, just hearing them, but you're applying them to your life. Uh, prayer is a, is a vital link with our Lord. It's, uh, it's an amazing opportunity to uh, spend time with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And listen, our God is a relational God. Um, you know, like the old song used to be, you didn't have to do it, but I'm glad you did. You know, he didn't have to create the universe. He didn't have to create planet Earth. He didn't have to create humans. Uh, he didn't have to, to give us free will. He could have created something within us that, I don't know, at the age of 13, we just automatically believe in him and worship him. Now, he did put something within us, but he also gave us this amazing gift called free will so that we would choose to love him. Any parents, you know what that's like? When your kids are small, you tell them that they, that they love you. You love me. Oh, yes, you do. I'm like, I love you, daddy. That's right. You better. But you know, when they're like 18, that doesn't work. They're like, you love me, right? They're like, oh, come on, man. You give me a little more than that. All right? And so... Now, what, the other thing about God being this relational God is, is that, like, he really, really cares about the minute details of our lives. So he's the God of the universe and beyond, but he also cares about, like, the smallest little details of my life. Jesus would say that God knows you so well that he knows the number of hairs on your head. And that's not like some kind of, oh, yeah, does he really? Like, how many do I have right now, Lord? That's not the point of what he said. But the point is that he knows you that well. And I know some of you guys are bald and you're thinking, yeah, well, what about me? Okay. <laughs> Don't get stuck on that, all right? Um, uh, but, you know, I, I memorized growing up the Lord's Prayer. I memorized it, you know? And, 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 and yet when, 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 when I prayed, you know, give us this day our daily bread, I never really connected that he actually cared about that. Does that make sense? I memorized the prayer, and I could, yeah, you know, give us this day our daily bread. But I never thought, no, he actually cares about that because he's a relational God. And, and the Bible is a story of, I, I call it the greatest recon mission of all time, where God sends his son, Jesus, to bring us to him so that we can not be separate from him, but brought near to him. Uh, the greatest recon mission of all time. That's, that's kind of how, how I see it. And so he loves us. He cares about the minute details of our lives. And God loves to answer the prayers of his kids. He, he, he loves it. He loves it. You know as a parent, if you are a parent, how when your kids, especially when they were younger, but maybe not, when they, you know, when they, when they ask for things and, and you kind of do it and, and, and you kind of feel this sense of, oh, that was cool, that, that really blessed them because you know it meant a lot to them. And uh, don't you love it when God answers prayers like fast? I love it. I just love it. When they're like instantaneous, like I had this old briefcase and it, and, uh, and it had a lock on it, not, for, not like because anything in it was valuable, right? But it just did. You know, I bought it in, in the Orient, and I thought, hey, there's a nice black briefcase. That's just what I want. And it had this little three combination, you know, on both sides, right? And, 
and, um, and, uh, and I hadn't used it for years. And I pulled it out, and I said, I'm going to start using this thing again. And, and, I, and I had no idea what the combination was. You know, are you guys, this section over here in particular is laughing, so that's... I'm sure you ever do that? Emma, I know you do it with passcodes today, right? Hey, what's the passcode for this? I don't know. You know, I've got like 1,900 passcodes. Anyway, and so I, I, I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. I'm like, this is, I, don't even, I can't even open this thing. Like, it should be something simple and blah, blah, blah. And then so, so being kind of the spiritual guy that I am after I was frustrated for a half a day, I said, okay, Lord, you know all things. What's the combination? And it's like the Holy Spirit instantly said, three, two, five. I went, that's it. That's it. I'm like, that's a, thank you so much. Don't you love when that happens? Yeah. But you know what? The other side of that is that sometimes God doesn't answer prayers. And sometimes he doesn't answer prayers because of me. And... and, and and this message this morning is entitled Prayer Blockers, Things That Block Our Prayers. And you know what? As I was going through this, there's a lot of things that could potentially block God from answering. Our... Now, the Lord reserves the right to do anything he wants, anytime he wants to, any way that he wants to, for no reason at all. But the Bible speaks about certain things that will actually block our prayers, and though I, 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 man, I, I'm guilty of that. You know, I, um, somehow or another on my, on my cell phone, um, I, somehow, it, it happened about a month ago, I got this call, and I, I'm on that national call block registry, right? Like the day that came out, I was all over it, right? And somehow, I don't know how, about a month ago, my number got out in the system, the, the circuit. And I started getting these crazy calls. I mean, like, my phone was blowing up with all of these calls from, like, Trenton, New Jersey, and Pahrump, and Canada. And I'm like, what is? And, and it was crazy. And I mean, one of them was so bad. And, and I, I finally answered it. And I said, and the guy was talking. I didn't actually know if it was recording or not. I go, yo, 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 stop talking. I go, stop talking. Please, listen to me. Oh, oh, yes, sir. I go, please stop calling me. I, go, I don't care what you're selling. I don't care if you give me anything. I don't want it because you call me like crazy. And they hung up on me. I went, I didn't, I couldn't eat. <laughs> I was going to report them to someone, but. And, and so I bought this app. Oh, it's awesome. It's an app that blocks calls. Now, I know you can put call block on your phone. I can do that. But it, it has this database of like 10, actually more, hundreds of thousands of numbers that are on the registry. And it blocks calls. And I love it. But there are certain things in my life that I can do that block my prayers. Like, son, I so would want to answer that and do that for you. But no, because of these things that we'll talk about this morning. All right? So number one, relationships matter to God. Everybody say it. Relationships matter to God. Relationships matter to God. And it turns out God being the relational God that he is, 
he really cares about the relationships in our lives and he um, cares about how we act toward those relationships with others. For example, are you a forgiving kind of person? Are you growing in those relationships? One scripture that speaks of this is in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, and it says this, For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them and they will be given to you. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything, or say, look, can we say this together? Let's, let's do this. Go. If you have anything against anyone. Now, let me, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. And the Amplified Bible tells us that what that means is drop the issue, let it go. So that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions and wrongdoings against him and others. And so, if I've got a broken relationship in my life, and in particular the context is forgiveness, where I am holding a grudge and I am not going to let it go, and that person, it doesn't say whether that person deserves it or not. And I understand, please hear me, I understand forgiveness sometimes can be a process. I, 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 I'm, I don't want anyone to feel judged because you haven't forgiven someone for some horrific thing that may have happened to you. Does that, is, that, is that okay? But, 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 but uh, uh, there are other circumstances that are maybe not extreme, that are still broken, and I'm not willing to forgive. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. The Lord says, you will never have to forgive anyone else as much as I have already forgiven you. And because I have forgiven you and you are my child, you need to learn the principle of forgiveness. Because it, 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 it and again, it's a process sometimes. I get that. But sometimes the willingness to even begin to talk to God about it is a starting point toward getting to that place of forgiveness. And I think what he's getting at is the heart that says, God, I don't even want to talk about it. Forgiveness. He says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. Let it go. And so it seems to be saying that my prayers could be blocked because I'm holding on to something and not willing to release it. When you're praying, your relationships with others really matter. So you can't say that you love God while you hate your brother. You can't say, God, I want to worship you and I want to, I want to enter into this place when you have hatred in your heart towards someone, especially those who are closest to you. That's what it says. Now, in case you're wondering if that applies to other relationships, like you might think, well, that's someone that's, you know, outside the home. You know, one thing about the Bible, it always brings it to your address. See, it, 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 do you understand? You know what I mean by that? The Bible... This is what I love about this. I don't know about other religious books because it seems like a lot of other religious books let you be angry and let you be mad. And I don't know, maybe it has the, the I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, but I know that the Bible, 
As like the more I read the word of God, the more it's at my home address. I'm like, man, how did you get up in my living room with me right here in my situation? And so Peter speaks about this with the cl- one of the closest relationships that we have. And he says this in 1 Peter 3, 7. In the same way, you husbands, everybody say husbands. Okay, if you're a husband, point at yourself. Wives, don't point at your husband. I know that's your, you know, I, and I know some people, are, the elbows are already going. In the same way, you husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, Amplified Bible again says, with great gentleness and tact and with an intelligent regard to the marriage relationship. As with someone physically weaker, since she is a woman, show her honor and respect as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered or ineffective. Prayer blockers. It says, live with your wives, husbands. How? In an understanding way. Now, I know I already lost some of y'all on that thinking, what? It's kind of hard. Okay. Live with them in an understanding way. And it tells you how to do that with great gentleness. Tact. And an intelligent regard for the marriage relationship. That means to take that marriage relationship and keep it on your mind. That means to have a regard that places that marriage relationship in a high place in your marriage. To not minimize it and put other things in front of it, not even children. Kids, turns out, need to know that God comes first. And if you're married, they need to know that your spouse, by God's grace, comes next. Kids need to know that, right? Live with them in an understanding way with great gentleness, tact, and an intelligent regard for the marriage relationship. As with someone physically weaker, ladies, I know we live in an age of equality, but don't get weirded out over that. Because he's saying, he's not saying you're less than, he's just making a biological fact that you're not as strong. Now, there's some strong women physically is what he's talking about. And especially in a day when it would be very easy for men to expect women to carry a heavy load that's beyond their ability. Well, you know what? Get on down there and fill up them two five-gallon jugs of water. You know, that's kind of hard for me. You got this. You know, you had children, didn't you? No, she's physically weaker. And there's a nurturing thing that goes along with that. And with honor. And that word means to treat her as precious. Respect as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Now, you know that this was, a lot of times the Bible gets a bad rap for being um, insensitive to women and degrading to women. How about Peter says this to a culture where women had no rights and were seen as property? In the Roman culture, the man of the household was considered the god of his own house. Even if he wanted to kill his wife, there was no recourse. He could divorce her. He could kick her out. He could treat her brutally if he wanted to. She had no rights whatsoever. And in this context, he says, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. But why? 
so that your prayers will not be hindered or ineffective. I hope, ladies, that you understand how much God cares about you. I hope you get this. I hope you see the value that he places on marriage and you in that marriage. Listen, if your husband is not treating you in this way, God says, I will deal with him. He will pray and I will not hear him. You can fast, you can pray, you can shout, you can jump up and down. The Lord's saying, no, you have broken and strained the most important relationship in your life. You have dishonored, disrespected your wife. I will not hear your prayers. Wow, there is a deafening silence in this place right now. So gentlemen, let me just on that note tell you to keep short accounts with your wife. You know how that is. Keep short accounts. That's one way to do it. I mean, I've let this little bitty thing. I don't know how. How did such a small thing become Mount Kilimanjaro? I mean, like, how did that happen? Oh, because of my pride and because of my anger and because I'm just like, yeah, well, you know, and I get all riled up. And the Lord's like, boy, you better settle down because you are not honoring your wife right now. How many times God has had to deal with me on that? Can all the men say amen? Amen. Okay, thank you. I did not ask the women to say amen, so appreciate it. Men, thank you. All right. It turns out God's a relational God, and guess what, folks? Relationships matter. Okay? All right. Secondly, motives matter. Everybody say motives matter. Oh, you know, here's another thing about the Word of God is that it tells the truth about me. I don't know about you, but it tells the truth about me. See, I, I know there, there, there are crevices and cracks and dark places in my heart, and the Lord exposes it all, which also makes me wonder, are you sure, Lord, that I'm supposed to be in your kingdom? You know, like, man, I, I, got, some, I got some issues, the Lord's, and the Lord loves us. Can I say warts and all? He loves us. You know, it's like, yeah, I know, I know. I know you're a knucklehead sometimes. Yeah, I know. I know you got this issue where you think blah, blah. Yeah, I know. I know. We're going to deal with that. And you're like, ah. And, and so, but not only that, God knows like what's, like you ever do something and you're not really sure why you did it. And someone might say, why'd you do that? And you go, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Or why did you react that way? You know, I really don't know. You know who does know? God knows. He knows the motives. He knows the secret part. James chapter 4, we're talking about prayer blockers, says this. You ask, verse 3, you ask God for something and you do not receive it because you ask with wrong motives, out of selfishness or with an unrighteous agenda. Okay, James, man, how did you get into my head, okay? Uh, James is such a hardcore book. I love it, but, but he just tells it straight. Here's why you don't have it, Broham, because your motives are wrong. It's out of selfishness or with an unrighteous agenda. And I know there are not many of you here who have ever asked God something with those motives. I know that. So that when you, when you get what you want, you may spend it on your hedonistic desires. Why did I even bother with the Amplified Bible? I already know my, my motives are jacked up, but man, hedonistic, man. And then I think, okay, okay, right? 
because motives matter. You know, oh God, please, Lord, just once help me win megabucks. I promise you, God, if I win megabucks, I'll give you 50%. And the Lord's like, man, you ain't even giving me 10%. You must, how are you going to give me 50? That is a colloquialism, megabucks, that Vegas people understand. Like if I said that in Riverside, they'd go, what's megabucks? You know, although some might know, some might know. Ah. Proverbs 16.2 says this, all the ways of a man are clean and innocent in his own eyes. And he may see nothing wrong with his actions. Oh, don't you love the Bible when it flays you open and exposes your heart? How many of you know we need that? We need the honesty of the word of God and people who love us that will speak to us honestly too. He says, but the Lord weighs and examines the motives and intents of the heart and knows the truth. So sometimes I pray for something, I don't get it. And it's because the Lord is saying your motive is not right. Your heart is not right. You have a selfish, hedonistic agenda. Bill Hybels, a pastor at Willow Creek Church says it this way, if the, request, if the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. But if the, interest, if the request is right, the timing is right, and you are right, God says go. Interesting. Relationships matter when it comes to prayer, guys. Isn't that Interesting. No, man, my personal, my prayer life with God is personal. Yeah, it is personal. But sometimes it revolves around those around you. Relationships matter. Not only that, motives matter. Because God knows the heart. All right, the third thing is the way you live matters. Isn't that interesting? The way you live matters. Peter, in chapter 3, as he's speaking about husbands and submission and, 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 and treating wives with respect and honor, goes on in verses 8 and 9 and and he talks about general Christian life. And he talks about being sympathetic, uh, uh, having brotherly love, being kind-hearted, being humble, uh, not returning evil for evil and blessing those uh, who are unkind to us. First Peter 3 says this in verse 8. Finally, all of you be like-minded, that is united in spirit, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, courageous and compassionate toward each other as members of one household, Boy, isn't that a mouthful? Peter says this. Be like-minded, sympathetic, brotherly, uh, brotherly, kind-hearted, courteous and compassionate toward each other as members of one household and humble in spirit. Never return evil for evil or insult for insult, avoiding scolding, berating, and any kind of abuse. But on the contrary, give a blessing. Pray for one another's well-being, contentment, and protection. For you have been called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing from God that brings well-being, happiness, and protection. Verse 10 says, For the one who wants to enjoy life and see good days, whether apparent or not, must keep his tongue free from evil and his lips from speaking guile, treachery, or deceit. He must turn away from wickedness and do what is right. He must search for peace with God, with self, with others, and pursue it eagerly, actively, not, des- not merely desiring it. And verse 12 is sort of the, the summation of what Peter has said. He says, For the eyes of the Lord are looking favorably 
upon the righteous, the upright, and his ears are attentive to their prayer, that is, eager to answer. But the face of the Lord is against those who practice evil. So apparently, my lifestyle, am I being sympathetic? Am I being brotherly? Am I being kind-hearted, courteous, and compassionate toward each other? Um, Am I returning evil for evil or insult for insult? Um, Those are all fleshly, emotional characteristics that are not good. Um, and, but he says the eyes of the Lord are, are, uh, look favorably upon the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. He's eager to answer the righteous. Okay? Proverbs 15.29 says this, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. And so as we pursue this thing called prayer, there's another check self-check that we have about our attitude and how we relate to other people, okay? And some of these things potentially could keep us from God hearing and answering and, and the fullness of that relationship. Now, now what, what's not being said is that if you just try really, really hard and you're better than the people sitting next to you this morning... Um, uh, then God has to do everything you ask him. God, I am righteous. God, I'm giving it up. Not like this knucklehead next to me. Now, God, you have to, the Bible says, and the Lord's like, yeah, now we got to deal with pride, bro. Come on. Okay? Um, you know what I'm saying? So that doesn't mean that. And, and also, and understand this too, if, if these are patterns and characteristics that you know you struggle with, you, you know that, that you can be unsympathetic. You know that you can be rude or, or, or you scold or berating. You know these things, but you've, 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 you've given them to the Lord and you're, you're, pro- you're saying, God, I know this is a struggle. God, help me with this. Uh, you know, it, it, do- it doesn't mean that, well, I'm sorry, man. You know, I'm not hearing you at all. Or if you've really, really blown it in your life and you just think, man, God will never hear my prayers. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. One of the most dramatic prayers that God ever answered in my life was during a time when I did not even really acknowledge him as as Lord. I believed in God, but I never talked to him and I never prayed to him. And I never read the Bible. I mean, I just was unchurched. Church? Why would I go to church? Makes no sense at all. And, and, And I was in a pit in my life. And I cried out. I demanded God to answer my prayer. And he did the next day. Get it? You see, you see that? I, I did. I, was, I wasn't mean. I was just like, God, you, you, you got to answer me. I know, you, I know you're up there. And I know you know what's going on. You need to answer me. And I had no, like, Boy, don't talk to God like that. I was, you know, when you get to the bottom, you cry out. Everybody ever been to the bottom where well, you just cry out? You know, and you ain't trying to be mean or rude, but you, you, I just cried out, and God answered the next day. But you know what, though? I never thanked Him, and it wasn't until years later that I came to Christ when I realized what I had done. I said, God, I'm sorry, I missed that opportunity. Thank you for answering that prayer. Right. So anyway, the way that you live really matters. Relationships with other people, 
you know what? They really matter. The motives that you have, it really matters to God. You know what? And the way you live your life really matters, all right? Here's another thing that matters. Everybody say, faith matters. Faith matters. James chapter 1, again, verse 6 and 7 says this, But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. This is someone who's praying but not believing. You know, oh, God, I know you can do all things. Ah, but you probably won't. Oh, oh, you know what, God, I know that you're, that you care about this prayer request, but you know what, there's no way you won't do it. And maybe even God, I don't even, God, I know that you've gotten some big requests, but this is a doozy. I don't think you can deal with this one, Lord. Um, I don't know. But we pray, pray with faith, pray believing, pray believing. There were, there were two blind men. Jesus was on his way to another healing, and there were two blind men that, um, uh, 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 I won't say they ran up to Jesus, <laughs> right? But they grabbed a hold of him, and, and, they, and they cried out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on us. Matthew chapter 9 says this. Jesus, you know, he, he acknowledges them, and he has this conversation with them, and he says this. Do you believe I can make you see? Isn't that a great question? Uh, These men, we don't know a whole lot about them. They're desperate. They're blind. Maybe they've been blind their whole life. And they hear that Jesus is walking by. And however they do it, they get there. Maybe they grab somebody next to them and say, Get me to Jesus. No matter what happens, you get me there. I mean, they are filled with anticipation and expectation, but do they really believe? And so they cried out, and they're saying all the right things. Jesus, son of David, that was a Old Testament messianic title for the Messiah to come, to be the son of David. That, that's not just, you know, oh, you know, the son of so No, the son of David, that was a term reserved for the Messiah who would be of the lineage of King David. And he says, have, have mercy on us. And he asks him a question. Do you believe I can make you see? What if the, the healing depended on their answer? I'm not saying that it did, but listen to what they say. They said, yes, Lord, we do. Right? No, we believe this. We have faith in this. Verse 29, then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened and they could see. Oh. We don't know anything else about their lives. But can you imagine? I, I can't. I can't. I really can't imagine it. But. You talk about a changed life. Okay, so run this back again. You, you started crying out, Jesus, son of David, can you heal me? That's what You just cried out and he actually stopped. And, he t- and then he touched your eyes and he said, because of your faith. Wow. Because of your what? Faith. Now, I know that we like formulas. And I know that we like to 
formulate God into our formulas. So God, if I have faith and I ask equals I get what I want. God's word says without faith, it's impossible to please him. So, so there has to be something. I mean, like, like at that, that dark night of the soul, when I cried out to God, I had faith that he could answer me. I, I didn't know if he would or not, but I had faith. I did. So faith is a necessary ingredient. But here's the other side of it. It's not a blank check. It's not a formula that says you just need faith. Whatever you ask for, you get. There are some people who have been hurt tremendously because someone said to them, the reason your prayer hasn't been answered is you don't have enough faith. And usually that's said by someone who has never been in the situation that person's in. And they thought, God, am I even a Christian? I guess I don't have faith. And if that's you, I'm sorry you ever heard those words. It's another thing when the Spirit of the Lord tells you, my son, you're lacking faith in this. It's another thing when someone else tells you with the wrong motive, the wrong heart. Well, faith does matter, but it's not a blank check. Here's why our fifth thing that matters to God when it comes to prayer. God's will matters. <laughs> yeah. God's will matters. 1 John 5.14 says this. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to. That is, have before him. That if we ask anything, everybody say anything, anything. according to his will. And that means that is consistent with his plan and purpose. He hears us. And if we know for a fact as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the request which we have asked from him. So, we have this confidence even now that we're entitled to before, before him that if we ask anything... And it's according to his will. So apparently a big part of this is getting to know the will of God that is consistent with his plan and purpose. He hears us. And we know for a fact that he hears us and listens to us when we ask. We also know, which, so God hears us, and we have settled in absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the request which we have asked from him. There's a confidence in that. There's a, there's, an, there's, a, there's a belief that God, if we believe this is according to your will. Therefore, we're not sweating it. And if it doesn't work out, we only have one resolution. It must not have been your will. 
or you're trying to teach us something. Okay? 2 Corinthians 12, 7 says this, because of the surpassing greatness and extraordinary nature of the revelations, Paul the Apostle speaking, which I had received from God for this reason to keep me from thinking of myself as important, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment and harass me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord, how many times? Three times that it might leave me, but he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough. That is always available regardless of the situation. And my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weaknesses. Okay? So God's will matters. Even Paul the apostle prayed. This man who prayed some pretty amazing prayers, who prayed for something specific, we assume his heart was right in it, we assume it wasn't selfish or hedonistic, and the Lord said no, because it was not his will. But then he tells us the reasons why. There was a lesson that was being learned, there was grace that was sufficient, loving kindness and mercy, his power the Lord's power was being perfected and showing itself strong through that weakness. Interesting. Okay? All right. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Jesus speaking, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup of divine wrath from me, yet not my will, but always yours be done. Therein lies one of the keys. To prayer. No matter, no matter what, under God, let your will be done. Let your will be done, God. That's a safe way to end any prayer. Hey, listen, relationships matter to God, especially those that are closest to us. You know what else matters to God? Motives, because he knows the, the, the matters of the heart. You know what else matters to God? How we live our lives. Sometimes prayers aren't answered because God's trying to get at something else that's a deeper issue in our life. And faith matters. Got to have faith. Got to believe. But ultimately, the bottom line is that God's will is, is what, what prevails. God, like Jesus prayed, Lord, let your will be done. Now, I'll summarize all of that kind of tie it in a bundle and say this last thing. Maybe what matters most, if you want God to hear your prayers, is to have an honest relationship with him. An honest relationship with him. You know, um, there are people who attend church and semi-regular or even regular who really don't have a relationship with God. I mean, they attend or kind of go through the motions of Christianity. They have no relationship. And I'm not here to judge that, but I'm here to say that, 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 that that's what he's after. He's after our hearts. He, he's after this relationship with him. That's where it all starts. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants, however he wants to, whenever he wants to. 
But more than anything else, he wants you. He doesn't want what you can do for him. He doesn't want what you can give to the church. You know, we look at some people and we say, no, that girl got born again. Imagine how many people. You know what? The Lord doesn't need star Christians. He doesn't need someone who's really big. Oh, he cares for them just as much as he cares for someone that nobody knows. But what he's after is relationship with him and with others in the body of Christ. Relationship. Don't be just a Sunday go-to-meeting Christian. Don't, don't, don't stop at the door of intimacy with him. It's what he wants. And that might mean something different for you than it means to me. John chapter 9, verse 31, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Are you a religious person or do you have a relationship with him? That was such an eye-opening thing to me when I first came to the Lord. It's like it's all about a relationship. I always thought it was about do's and don'ts. You know, like, oh, man, I really blew that one today. And you know what? I'm, I'm getting a failing pat, a report on this one over here too. It's, it turns out the Lord's like, man, would you stop worrying about all that? Just come to me. Let me help you with this stuff. Let me, let me, let me join you in this. And that's what he does. So I'll say this to you is that no one approaches God on their own. No one. You can't just burst your way into heaven. You have to have someone who represents you. In, in covenant language, that's called the covenant representative. And so we believe that Jesus is that one that we can approach God by his name. In the name of Jesus, we're able to draw near to God. And, and that's what's so important about that. Uh, we, every time we say in the name of Jesus, we acknowledge our position in Christ and that our prayers are heard because we say in Jesus' name. He's, our, he's the one who makes our prayers available. He's the one who brings our prayers from here, to, from, from earth to heaven, in Jesus' name. But you can't just evoke the name if you don't have the relationship. And I want to challenge you and encourage you in that today. Let's all stand, shall we? Pete, would you come on up? Can you play some chords for me, bro?